Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. I'm Mike Oss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. We are honored to begin tonight's show with a message from Saints and Pelicans owner, Mrs. Gail Benson. Mrs. Benson, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Mike, and good evening, Mickey. It's a pleasure to speak with you both. You know, I realize that we are deviating somewhat to start the show this week, but I really wanted to take this opportunity to wish all of the listeners of WWL Radio, and in particular, the Saints Hour listeners across the Gulf South, a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. With the holiday season approaching us, I hope we can all take a moment to give thanks for the blessings in our lives. Although it is a hectic time of the year, I'm most hopeful that everyone can take a moment to reflect upon the wonderful things in our lives, enjoy time with friends and family, and give thanks to our Father in Heaven. And my hope for everyone is to have a safe, happy, and healthy holiday season, and may God continue to bless you all. Thank you again. Well, Mrs. Benson, on behalf of the stations, all of them along the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network, thank you for being such a caring, philanthropic, genuine ambassador for the Saints and the Pelicans, our state and our region. And happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you allowing me to be on. And from team owner, Mrs. Gail Benson to Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And Mickey, you already know this. You've had many events and worked with Mrs. Benson. She's a tough act to follow, but what a perfect fit for following in her husband Tom's vision uh, of what he wanted to create here. Yeah, look, she's, um, I can't say enough good things about her. She's spectacular as our owner and, and uh, such a gracious, generous, um, giving uh, uh, person. Uh, she does so much good for our city and our community. Always better after a victory, of course, as it is this week. Beat the Rams 27 to 24 and 7 on the season as you begin the final stretch. And it's one game, and that's exactly what this team talks about, right? Just one game at a time. And there's always room for, you know, for work. But this was, it felt like a very solid effort in all phases. Yeah, well, uh, you know, first of all, it is good to win. It's, I think it's especially good to beat the Rams given our recent history of the last four or five years. Uh, and look, they are the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, I know that they had some injuries and were a little bit depleted, but so were we. Um, and so you still have to go out there and perform. And, and uh, I was real proud of our guys, proud of the guys that stepped up. Um, you know, it's always that next man up mentality. And I felt like there was a lot of guys in this game that, 
that uh, played well, that hadn't had a lot of play time uh, for us in the past, and, and um, you know, a lot of good things in that game. Well, let's talk about that, I guess, kind of a little deeper. And first off, your offensive line, and you're right. I mean, the Saints organization and its fans don't want to hear about other teams belly aching about injury. So we get it. Uh, you had Ramchak and Ruiz on the right side, but then from left to right, you go Landon Young, Calvin Throckmorton, and Josh Andrews up against a guy named Aaron Donald, who isn't really ever in one position. He moves around a lot and really uh, an excellent game plan just to kind of he, he had you know four tackles two tackles for a loss no sacks and one quarterback hit so you, in Aaron Donald's world that's keeping him in check and that was uh we talked to head uh, offensive line coach Doug Marone last night and he credited Zach Streif and really just the overall plan to kind of neutralize as best you can on Aaron Donald yeah I, I you know I think listen our coaches talked about this at the beginning of last week is that the one thing we can't do um is we can't let Aaron Donald wreck the game for us. And um, that's easy to say, a lot tougher to do, particularly when you've got, you know, three-fifths of your offensive line are guys that, uh, um, you know, start the year as backups. And, and look, I was real proud of, of you mentioned them, Calvin Throckmorton, Josh Andrews, and Landon Young. Um, we got an Oregon and an Oregon State guy, uh, two out of three of those guys. So, um they, they did a, a great job. Kudos to them and kudos to our coaches for having a plan that um, that uh, uh, I wouldn't say we handled him, but we just didn't let him wreck the game. And, and so that was uh, that was good to see. I know it's Dennis Allen's team, but I'm just when you when you said that, uh, you don't let your don't let the other team's best player beat you. That was a Parcells. Uh, quote that came back, and I, I know Sean talked about it. Is that something that just kind of carries over? It's Dennis's team, but that, that that mentality of don't let their best player beat you. Yeah, I, look, I think most teams go into their game plan each week with with their eye on a number of of players uh, on each team on the other team that that can um, create mismatches and create havoc for you, and so. That's not it's not unusual in our league, and, and certainly Aaron Donald, you know, I think would be uh, recognized as uh, you know one of the best players, if not the best player defensively, uh, in our league for a number of years. So uh, it was no secret that that was someone that was going to get a lot of focus from us. Created a lot of uh, difficulties with your offense against their defense. Very balanced run and pass, but Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill combined to hit nine different receivers, it's a little tricky because Taysom was one of those receivers. And I know it's the execution of the game plan, which was this week, and they alternated probably more than they have as yet. That's not necessarily uh, you know, a game plan every week, but this week it really seemed to kind of, the way it laid out with the situation impacting the play calling, that that's what happened, but it's all about execution. Well, yes, and, and look, uh, our offense had a good game. The defense uh, did what they had to do and played well in, uh, at times. And, and look, I think that, you know, it starts with zero turnovers and, and only two penalties. I mean, those have been the two areas that have really hurt us um, uh, this season. And, and our guys did a great job of, of uh, with ball security and uh, not committing penalties in this game and, and – Look, it's it's evidence that if you don't do those things, um, we can be pretty efficient on offense. And, and you know, Andy was 21-25, um, 260 yards, three touchdowns, um, no interceptions. 
and played very well. Um, a number of guys played well on offense and defense, for that matter. So it's, it's uh, you know, anytime you get a win, regardless of the circumstances of it, it's a team win. And you have to have, uh, you have to do enough on offense and defense and special teams, and we were able to do that. And flipping that, looking at your defense against their offense, and Coach Allen talked about this, you prepare for Matthew Stafford, and you prepare for the backup, and you weren't really sure that might be John Wolfer, but then he was kind of injured. So then Perkins comes in, and they had certainly prepared, but he came in six minutes to play in the third quarter, so that was a lot more time of him, who's certainly more of a read option guy. But you just watched your defense kind of evolve, uh, you know, first few plays, first series or so, but then kind of – got it so to speak and that that changed that, that changed the ball game they only scored six points two field goals in the second half yeah and look it, it's an adjustment when you go from one style of quarterback to another and and uh you know our, our defense did a good job and our coaches did a good job of adjusting uh, and and um uh calling the defense a little bit differently in that game and our guys adjusted well the saints hour will continue with saints executive vice president and general manager mickey loomis after this timeout on the community coffee new orleans saints radio network hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are speaking with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And earlier we talked about the offensive line and, and guys who, who stepped up. And there's a, you know, maybe a, not a fine line, but there's a difference between stepping up and then stepping up and really kind of just dictating and playing as well as, let's go with Carl Granderson first. And he, he's, uh, Carl Granderson and Caden Ellis and the two guys that, we'll, that I'm going to ask you about, I mean, they're both just young. I mean, Granderson's 25, Ellis just turned 27, but those two – making the most Granderson situation because of the how thin because of injury at defensive end and then Caden's situation because of of Werner's injury but wow what what you know they for a stretch there in the end in the fourth quarter it was Granderson Ellis Ellis Granderson Granderson Ellis yeah um listen you 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 just mentioned those two guys uh I thought Tano played well yeah. um you know, we have, we've had Alante Taylor do some really good things, and Paulson Adebo did some good things in our game. And, and uh, you know, it's just, look, it's good to see young guys, get when they get an opportunity, step up. Um, 
and play well. And I, I think Caden in particular has done that for the last two or three weeks. Uh, he's played really well, given the opportunity with Pete Warner down. And, and look, that only helps our team in the long run. Um, so it certainly helped us in the short run and winning the game on Sunday. But, uh, um, I, you know, uh, as you said, those guys have stepped up and played well. Carl, is, as we've seen flashes from Carl in the past and, and when he's had opportunities, and it was good to see uh, him get rewarded with some production uh, against the Rams. Caden comes from a football family. His dad played. His dad was a number, first round draft pick for Detroit. He's got five uh, siblings who are biological, seven adopted, so there's 12 total. But Luther, his dad, I was reading an article about him, and it's like, man, he only had, there was never any quit. He always just work, work ethic, work ethic, work ethic. And I was just curious, and I'm, I kind of know the answer, but I was curious to how that has transformed down to Caden and his work ethic. Well, you know, first of all, Luther, um, look, I remember him very well as a player. And in fact, I, we called and inquired about him as a free agent many years ago. So um, he was a really good player. And, and look, Caden is just, he, look, you said it, he grew up in a football family, uh, loves the game. It's been part of his life probably since the, uh, the for uh, the entire time, anything he can remember, football's been a part of that. He's also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, um, which which uh, sometimes doesn't bode well on the on the football field. But he's uh, uh, he's able to to uh, uh, be a tough physical player on the football field, and so it's great to have him. And and uh, he, like I said, he's played really well. Blake Gillikin had such a superb rookie year as far as kicking. And then this past couple of weeks, we at least it feels like to me, we've seen the more of the Blake Gillikin that we saw in 2021. He's had two inside the five. Uh, his average is up. His net average is up as well as far as closeness to his gross average. And just feels like the last couple of weeks and his ability. And when you can pin somebody inside the five, I, mean, I wish I couldn't do that with a sand wedge, more or less a football. Yeah, uh, look, the, the, you know, when, when your punter is is uh, changing field position for you uh, in the game, that that's so important in these games when the margin's so uh, so narrow. And and Blake's done a good job of that the last couple games, and, and the coverage guys have done a good job, and and hopefully that continues. When I was a kid, you know, uh, I was grew up out of the Washington D.C. area, and there was a punter named Mike Bragg. And he was a big inside the 20 guy. But everything then was angle kicks. You just kicked it off the side of your foot and you tried to get it inside the 20. And getting inside the 20 was a big deal. It doesn't feel like, it feels like to me the standard is now the 10. And you really, the goal is inside the 5. Am I nuts or does inside the 20 mean as much today as it, as it did before? Well, I, I just think that, um, you know, they're so skilled th these days. And, they, you know, they developed this Aussie kick where they, the ball is kind of rotating differently, and, and when it hits, it doesn't, you know, bounce into the end zone like the typical uh, old-style punt uh, that spiraled and would hit and, and uh, you know, bounce into the end zone. Now these guys are so skilled in the way they kick the ball and, and um, the hang time that they get that, that uh, they've just gotten better at it, frankly. Um, and every guy is, is really good at it. It's important for every team to be able to um, put people inside that put the opponent inside the ten yard line. It gives you, you know, the odds of, of a team scoring uh, from inside their ten are so dramatically different than when you you're giving them the ball outside the twenty. So it's an important uh, uh, aspect of our game. 
I know the answer to this question as well, but I'll ask it. You watched the game last night, and how do you watch the game when it's your next opponent? I asked Coach Allen. He says, no, you watch it, but it is a little different. You're listening more. You're listening for things that the microphones in a Monday night football game will pick up that, that won't get picked up in a, in a coach's cut-down film. So how, how do you watch? I know you did watch, but how do you watch? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, we're just, you know, watching the personnel and seeing what, what uh, injuries occur and who comes back in the game, who might not come back. Um, you know, so you're trying to pay attention to the personnel uh, uh, in the game and, and how that might affect our game, uh, given that they've got a, a little shorter week than we do. Right, they were in Mexico City. Uh, not horrible. It was a five-hour, you know, um, plane ride back. But the Niners appeared to be getting healthy. Um, they, they, they looked um, last night against Arizona. I mean, we, we talked about this earlier, that Christian McCaffrey would be a big impact, and he has. They've, they've just lost once since he's joined. Are they, are, they, are they just healthier than they were? Like, I was watching going, like, how did this team lose four games? And, and you know, that was pre-Christian McCaffrey. But does he make that much of a difference? But it's just maybe the rest of the team getting healthy. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of all that. Uh, um, you know, sometimes, it, and particularly with offenses, it can take a little time to gel, and um, especially when you're adding new weapons and you have guys that were hurt coming back, and and they've had all of that. And and look, they've got a very good coaching staff. They've got a you know really good roster, and it's of course it's coming together for them right about the time we get them ready to play them. Well, and it's always you know it's I mean, it's the NFL, right? I mean, you have T.J. Watt, then you face Aaron Donald, and then you face Nick Bosa. But I mean that's I mean that's I mean everybody's got you know it's like the other teams having to face a Cam Jordan and a Demario Davis and 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 Marcus Davenport things like that so it, it's kind of what it is but it ain't easy. No, that that's right. Look, every team in the NFL has got uh, really good players, and you know we we've, we've talked about this. The margin between the top and the bottom is so narrow that. Uh, um, there's a lot of variables that can happen that affect games, and you know we're going to uh, need to put our best foot forward uh, in San Francisco this weekend. Back with Saints Executive VP and General Manager Mickey Loomis after this on the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We are speaking with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis here on the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss and Mickey, what kind of a week will it be? Is it, I know, is it, will it be kind of a typical week? Uh, Tuesday players off. How does Thursday and Thanksgiving play, play into things, if at all? I mean, it's football season. And it, it, I mean, you're playing a game on Christmas Eve in Cleveland and a game on New Year's Day in Philly. So football season is what it is. But how will this week be from from, from your organizational standpoint? Yeah, it'll be just a little bit different in that, uh, you know, we'll try to get the guys out of here Thursday afternoon so they can uh, uh, have Thanksgiving with their families. And otherwise, it's, it's a typical week. Uh, um, you know, in terms of, of the practice schedule and the preparation schedule, other than just the Thursday afternoon, it's it's uh, uh, pretty much the same. We talked about this briefly um, earlier this year, and it was kind of a, we were just kind of teasing around, and it was like the players that you kind of get that you follow, right? You so Julio Jones finally leaves Atlanta, but he goes to Tennessee, whom you played last year, and he leaves Tennessee and he goes to Tampa, so you play him twice. And McCaffrey gets traded to Carolina to a team that you got to play again. So, I mean, it is what it is, but it just seems kind of uh, ironic and, uh, you know, maybe humorous on, on some end, but it's just kind of uh, interesting to look at things like that. Yeah, well, look, you, you know, you, you hear that uh, Carolina is going to trade uh, Christian McCaffrey and you think, ah, great, we don't have to play him. And then they trade him to a team that 
that you're going to play. So, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, look, he's a great player. He's a great weapon for them. And, and uh, um, again, the good news for us is we've seen him. We've seen him play, and, and we're familiar with him. And, you know, we'll have to deal with, with him as, as a weapon for them. We're going to be speaking with, in just a few minutes, uh, Zach Line, a former fullback. He's now a coach up in Michigan for uh, his high school. And we'll, we'll talk more about Zach and uh, the many special things that, they're, that they, he is doing in the wake of a tragedy there last year. And it just made me kind of think about the last few games and the fullback position in general. If you go back to the Baltimore game, Patrick Ricard, and he's on the field like all the time. I mean, he never, he's like three quarters of the game and you're facing another tough one this week in, in Kyle Juszczyk. And then I, I was kind of looking at Adam Prentice's stats from Sunday. And, you know, looking at fullback stats does, doesn't help you always. You need to be kind of a coach or, or a GM. But he had 28 plays in his first four games and then 20 plays against the Rams. I mean, I know that was by schedule, but I mean, using that fullback uh you know by plan but more more so by plan well i you know first of all i'm glad you mentioned him because uh look adam had a, had a really nice game for us and uh, you know you said it the you're not going to find a stat line for fullbacks and yet man they're they're a key element to uh, uh a lot of times when when you're protecting your quarterback or you're running the ball well and, and especially in a physical game uh dealing with with the uh, front four that uh, we had to deal with with the Rams. And, you know, he'll be another important element when we play uh, San Francisco because they're a very physical uh, front seven. And, uh, you know, he's going to be end up being a big part of our plan. When you – we were again, we're going to be talking to Zach Line in just a few minutes, but more so kind of what he's doing uh, outside of football. As a player, he was with the Saints in 2017, 18, and 19, had caught three touchdown passes for a fullback. That's a career. Uh, that's, that's pretty strong. Um, I guess tell me about him, the, the football player, because we probably won't talk too much about him, the football player, uh, when we're talking about him or with him. Yeah, look, Zach, Zach was our primary fullback for three seasons. And, by the way, we were 37 and 11 during those three seasons with him, three division titles. So, um, look, he was an important part of – you know, the success of those teams. And again, a guy that, you know, you didn't hear a lot about. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to have a lot of stats, but he's, he's an important element. And he was a really good special teams player at the fullback position. So good athlete. We'll talk about, uh, about him and his career in college and, and how he got from um, um, Michigan to SMU and then to the Vikings and, and, uh, and, then, and then to us. So it'll be, uh, it'll be, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Let's pause for 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. When we come back, we'll have former Saints fullback Zach Line, a high school football coach now with a larger purpose for his community following a tragic event. It is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Oss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager, as well as former Saints fullback Zach Line, who played with the Saints in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Played with the Vikings before that, but it's really those three Saints years. And Zach, you had quite an introduction earlier from Mickey. You said, you know, just those three years that they won the division, all three years that you played. So welcome to the show. Those must have been uh, great, great years. Some of my, I appreciate it. Those are some of my favorite years of football. So, yeah, uh, 17, 18, and 19 are some some special years of my life of football, for sure. And then, of course, Saints victory over the Rams doesn't ever take away what happened in the NFC Championship game, but feels nice nonetheless. For sure. Mickey, hey, talk. Jack, so look, uh, I'm going to start with, with a couple things here. Um, Mike, you may not know this, but... but uh, um, you know, Zach, obviously, he went to high school in Oxford, Michigan, and then he went to SMU. So I want to hear the story about how you went from Michigan to uh, Dallas, Texas, and to SMU. Yeah. Um, well, in high school, I've always kind of taken the road where I'm just going to take care of my business, and things always work out. Um, and the way the landscape is now for college sports, you kind of you have to sell yourself a lot more. Um, than he did probably before my time. And I'm, I'm at a small school, Oxford, Michigan. Now it's grown up a little bit now, but not a lot of the guys got recruited out of there. I think we had two guys, Dave Rayner, you know, went to Michigan State, was a kicker, went on and played in the NFL. Then Eric Geicek, um played at Central Michigan and then went on and played in the NFL for six years. So really, if you were going to leave Oxford and play college football, you were probably going to go to the NFL as well. So our, our odds were pretty good. And um, wasn't getting highly recruited. I was visiting Michigan State. I was visiting Central Michigan and never got an offer and then um, Bill Keenest who's actually the PR guy with the Lions um, his son went to school with me and he said hey I'll send your film out to June Jones in Hawaii and let's see what happens so a couple days go by and Hawaii reaches out and they extend an offer and then a couple more days go by and he says hold tight Um, I'll call you in a few days he calls me from Dallas Texas because come down to SMU check us out see if you like us if you do, there's, there's another offer for you from SMU. So I went down. It was probably the middle of January. It's getting near the end of recruiting season. Um, it's 
30 degrees in Michigan. It's, it's 75 degrees in Dallas. And the, the women were beautiful, and I was pretty much sold by the time I got off the airplane. <laughs> well, that, that worked out really nicely for you. Look, um, Mike, uh, Zach had three straight seasons with over 1,000 yards rushing. He finished his career with 4,185 yards rushing and 75 receptions and 47 touchdowns. So he had a pretty storied career. Um, carrying the football at SMU, and then uh, you know got to the NFL, got to the Minnesota Vikings as an undrafted free agent, uh, and then didn't get to carry the ball very often. So uh, it was quite a transition. Yeah, you know the the interesting thing is you're you're taught through college, um, and what's interesting is I came from a hard nosed high school football coach where we put the pads on every single day including Thursday before a game, and we went after it every single day. I get to June Jones, who's more of the pro-style guy. We didn't wear pads very often. Uh, I didn't know I didn't know how to play football anymore with that kind of style. So I, I became a little bit more fancy for a little bit when they moved me to running back because nobody could hit me. And then I got back to the NFL, and they were saying, hey, now you got to take these NFL linebackers on square and go move people. So – it went from hard nose to a little bit more of a fancy style of football to back to you got to go hit people. Um, and once I transitioned to that role, I fell in love with the fullback position. And it felt like, and Mickey and I talked about this, that certainly Sean and this organization believed in the fullback. You caught three touchdown passes. You were you were involved. I mean, it just it was a it was you were a, a part of the system that they they believed in not you know come in every other you know one one down a half things like that. Yeah, no, I, I think it obviously depended on the game plan. You know, I thought it was interesting to hear some of their perspectives on why they were using fullback certain games. And um, it's helped me now as a high school football coach. But, you know, we, we were going against the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams um, didn't use a fullback very often. And we had good personnel matchups because they'd bring another linebacker in. And they'd, they'd spread me out wide. And um, so we'd have good matchups for other guys to, you know, be one-on-one with a linebacker. And then you're playing the Cardinals, who they never see a fullback. They don't practice with a fullback, so now they have to put a fullback into their practice plan, which is not what they want to do. Um, so those are those are kind of the fun perspectives that you got of why they were using me. And um, you know, and I, I and what I really appreciated was it wasn't um, you know one size fits all offense. You kind of molded around the players. Um, so you even look back as far as my high school career, and came up to me one day and said, "Hey, you played quarterback for a little bit in high school, right?" Like, yeah, I did. And can you run the option? So. That's kind of where the option play came in um, that we ran against Detroit, I believe, once against Chicago. Wow. So you're the head football coach of Oxford High School in Oxford, Michigan. It's a charter township uh, outside of Detroit, a little northwest of Detroit, between Detroit and Flint. Small, about 3,600 in, in, in the township. And tragedy strikes. It's been almost a year, November 30th of, of 2021. Uh, four students are, are tragically shot by another student, one of them was one of your players, Tate Meyer. Uh, I can't imagine what that was like then, but out of such tragic situations, sometimes good things happen, and this is one of those tales. I guess take take me back to what was a year ago, uh, you know, and what were those first few weeks must have just been as low as things can get. Yeah, you know, we, we don't talk about the day ever here in Oxford, but um, just a quick a quick um, tape kind of uh, biography. That the kid was phenomenal. I mean, not just an athlete on the field. He legitimately ran a four two forty as an athlete. Was you know two hundred and fifteen twenty pounds. Did everything you could ask for as a football coach. But even more than that, 
he was a phenomenal and then you know when everything happens you start hearing all the stories of the kids not just from oxford because he went to my i have a gym here as well um ets performance it's in oxford and Kate went there but so many families from different towns come to that gym and Tate was like this silent mentor to all these younger kids. So um, while you never know how far your impact is, that kid did more in his 16 years than I think a lot of people do in their lifetime, which was amazing to us. And, um, you know, following everything that happened, it was obviously there didn't seem like there was light at the end of the tunnel, but I knew we just needed to be together um, as much as we could. We got the team together. We went to MAC championship games. We went to, uh, I, you know, I have an ice skating rink in my house. We got together, had an ice uh, hockey tournament so we did everything possible following that just to keep kids together because the worst thing you can do is be alone and it's the whole reason you have a team it's the whole reason you build culture is that you gotta if you're gonna preach these things and, and still these things in your team you gotta you gotta act on them and you gotta lead by example and I thought our team did a phenomenal job and our coaches and everybody that um, you know had a role in, in bringing these kids back to a foundation um, did an amazing job I mean these are uncharted, uncharted territories and I think we're going to look back after this football season and, you know, think of how we could have done better. And But I just think it's one of those things we're kind of writing the book as we're going here. So, um, you know, the, the days after were, were dark. But um, the amazing thing to me was very quickly after uh, Tate's buck didn't start a GoFundMe for their family. He immediately you know, wanted to start this mentorship program. Because in his mind, he's, he's never really said anything bad about the, the, the shooter. He's always said there should never be a kid that feels that alone. There should never be a kid that, um, you know, feels this type of way where he has to resort to something like this. We have to do better as a community. We have to do better as people. We have to be better of never making somebody feel that way. So um, he started a, um, obviously, Four Too Strong, but also started a scholarship program in Tate's name. Um, Four Too Strong is, is what I'm a part of. It's a peer peer mentorship program. Uh, we have about 250 kids in it now from Oxford, and we're starting to get other high schools coming in, looking at the program, because um, really it's a no-brainer. There's no political push here. It's just all about getting kids together. And then the mentors of our foundation, they'll take a, a training course, about six hours of it, of you know how to be a mentor, uh, how to handle situations and then we have team leaders that oversee them that are parents from the community or um, grown-ups in the community that will oversee teams of mentors and mentees so there is some structure in place not kind of just hey let's get kids together um, but so far so good i guess one of the things that yeah, was look, go ahead Nikki. well i listen I, I i that's you know it's good to hear that something good can come out of such a tragedy and look i think it's really important uh, um that look, Tate Meyer will never be for, forgotten uh, in Michigan and, and certainly in Oxford and, and uh, that's credit to you and all the people there that have uh, tried to do some good out of this tragedy, Zach. So kudos to you. Thank you. And it was Tate Meyer and Madison Baldwin, Justin Schilling and Hannah St. Juliana. And we just had this situation recently at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, I used to work in Charlottesville. I, I went, I lived there, and so there are many communities across the globe that think they're immune, and it couldn't happen here, and certainly not in Oxford Charter Township. You know, it, but it, but but it does all the time, and no one's immune. And the key, and and, and part of what is Tate's traits, and that's part of Forty Two Strong, is to try to see things or help people on the front end, right? I mean. 
That, that's that's peer to and that's got to be peer to peer, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just being good people, and you never know what kids are going home to or what friend group they're in. This is giving them an opportunity to step outside that and joining an organization that's all about um, changing things for the positive. Um, and a half of it is, I think, after everything happens and, and you're a student and your school just had this happen to you, you want a way to help. You want to you want a way to make change and. Really, this gives them a platform to change, hopefully, the world starting right here in Oxford, Michigan, right? This is, this is the one place that they can come to where they can be a part of something that's just just kind of breaking ground and, and spreading its wings, and they can be a part of that and be kind of the founding members of this, this, this movement towards um, just being good people. So that people kind of understand, so because I'm going to ask, you know, how they can help, there's, there's 42 strong, 42 is his jersey. And that's more of the, the mentorship program. And then you have the Tate Meyer Memorial Scholarship Fund. And that's, you know, basically a student athlete will receive a check of $12,000 towards their post-secondary school of his or her choice. I mean, that's how people can, can get involved that maybe aren't at the high school level, correct? Absolutely. What does, I, I, I apologize, I don't know. I, what are, are many kids in this area, are a lot of them, doing college, going that secondary route, or is this, I would imagine, irrespective of that, this financial aid is crucial for a lot of kids in determining if they go and where they go. Yeah, no, I, I would say that the percentage of students that go to college from Oxford is high, and I know um, it seems like a smaller town, just the charter, but we have about 1,600 kids, I would say, walk in the halls, and with our virtual academy, we're right around 2,500 students at Oxford. Um, so it's a it's a good sized school. So um, this scholarship was, uh, I guess, heavily sought after this year. So I, I wrote um, uh, I wrote some letters of, letters of recommendation for multiple football players this year for it. Um, and it, it's definitely uh, one of those scholarships that's a lot of help for these kids. And I know uh, I'm not on that board, but I know that when they're looking at it, they're looking at um, just next level people. Um, it, it's hard when you're trying to you know live up to who Tate was, uh, but as long as they can see a kid that's striving to be that person, uh, that's normally where the scholarship's going to go. And that's kind of all we're trying to do with this. Just We're not telling you to pick every Tate trait. There's 12 of them. We're asking you to pick one and just strive to be better at that one. And maybe if you get there, you move on to the next one, but um, you, you can't take on too much. And we're just trying to be, again, just take one trait and, and try, strive to be better at that. Back with former Saint fullback Zach Line and Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis after this timeout on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour, Mike Hoss with former Saints fullback Zach Line and Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. Look, what did you always want to be a coach? I mean, what, what took you from playing in the NFL to, okay, the next thing you know, uh, I mean, you, you basically ended your playing career and went, went right to being a high school football coach you know i i've always been attracted to that role you know i've seen how much of an impact i um that coaches have had on me in my life not only my high school coach and bud raleigh who was around for forever in oxford uh, but coaches along the way i'm thinking of kirby wilson uh you know um jt with the saints and you know even sean and dan and all those guys that were part of that organization you you constantly have someone that you're like Man, that guy gave me a different perspective or made me think of things a different way. So just seeing how much of an impact you can have, but also um, having that competitive fire in you, it's, it's really the only way that you can fulfill that 
when your your knees start to go and your you start to get the aches and pains a little bit more than you, you did in the past, right? So um, that was one of those things where I was in my career and Bud Raleigh was stepping down as head coach in Oxford, who had been here forever. I just felt like I was called to take this position in Oxford and, um, you know, lead young men. And with everything that's happened, I feel like it's even more of a reassurance that I'm in the right place because um, I, I just know that I feel I feel like I was the right guy to be here for – for all this happening, not saying that a different coach would have done better or worse, but uh, I felt like I, uh, after um, being around all the good people I've been around, I had the tool belt to, you know, kind of take care of these kids and um, help out where I can. Yeah, that's awesome. So here, I got one more question for you. So is your game is game day? Uh, uh, your demeanor on game day more like uh, is it game day Dan Campbell, game day Sean Payton, or are you a little more calm and collected? Uh, I would say probably a little bit more like Roshar and Pete Carmichael than Sean. I, I I remember my first year with the Saints, I got a penalty, and I don't think I've ever had a more scary look in my life than I had from Sean. And it didn't even say anything, but I knew exactly. And I looked over at Josh Hill, who had been there for four years now, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, watch out for him. He's a different character on game day, but and he was fired up, but... Um, yeah, I would say I'm a little bit more calm, a little bit more collected on game day. That's not good or bad. It's just my style. Yep, I understand it completely. Well, no one no one wanted to get that stare, that's for sure. <laughs> me, <laughs> believe me, everybody on this call, media as well. Um, <laughs> what? How was uh, – just a couple more for me, and then and we'll let you go. How was your season? I don't know where you are, if the playoffs have started, or how, how, how did your team do? Wasn't a great year. So we uh, we lost the first game, and then our second game was Valley, Valley Sports covered it. That's, I don't know if you guys have Valleys or not. That's yeah. like a, what Fox what Fox Sports sure. turned into up here. Okay, so B- Valley Sports covered our first game. It was the first game back at Oxford, uh, and we won that game against a team that just lost in playoffs. So a good team. Um, it was just – it was hard to overcome distractions this year. You know, it's it, – there's no built-in excuses ever here, um, and that's that's never how we'll be. You know, something happened to us. We, we're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep moving on. Not moving on, but we're going to keep we're, we're going to be keep keep becoming better from this, right? So you can't just stay stagnant and have this built-in excuse forever. The kids from Oxford are tough. They're going to keep pushing, um, but we we play in a tough conference. You know, we um, we went one and eight this year. The, the previous year, we started one and four, and we won six straight, um, and went to the second round of playoffs. So, this is a team that's always going to be a little bit undersized, a little bit, um, you know, not as fast as most of the teams we're going to play. But we have we have tough kids that are disciplined, which is which is almost better as a coach because if you have kids that are tough already and kids that are disciplined, you can get them in the right positions and win a lot of football games. Well, finally, uh, just for people that have been listening, and go wow, it, the, you know. 42 strong and the scholarship for people who want to just learn more or help out is there a website what can they do i believe that the exact um website is 42 strong tate um if you type that in or if you just went to in the google or, or whatever the search engine is and just type in 42 strong we should pop up pretty quickly um and there's there's info on there there's um who are, who's on board what we do a lot of pictures of our past events we'll have monthly events uh, and then there's a place to donate as well on that website. Well, Mickey, why don't you say goodbye first and then I'll close her up. 
Yep. Yep. Zach, thanks, uh, thanks again for uh, uh, sharing your time with us and, and uh, uh, appreciate seeing you. Hopefully, hopefully you'll uh, uh, come down again. And, and uh, if we ever get to Minnesota, uh, or excuse me, we ever get up there to Detroit again, maybe we can uh, uh, get your team out and, and visit with the team. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. And Nick, yeah, I'm, I'm forever grateful for you guys bringing me up to the Saints. I know uh, it, it probably seems normal to you, but being up there for Alumni Week, and there's not many teams or even organizations that take care of their uh, alumni the way you guys do. It makes it, uh, it makes it a family environment, a team that you're always going to cheer for. So, again, I'm, I'm appreciative of uh, you know everything the Saints organization did for did for me. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. We hear that a yep. lot, Zach, from uh, from other players that have come back really just in recent weeks. They had the Hall of Fame. They've had many things. The Dome Patrol, Tribute, Sam Mills. And so we hear we hear the same thing. So kudos to the organization. Continued success for you as, as a head coach and, 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 and what you're doing for, for, for Tate Meyer and his family and 42 Strong. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. And that is tonight's show, The Saints Hour. Thanks for listening. My thanks to Saints and Pelicans owner, Mrs. Gail Benson, Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager, Mickey Loomis, and former Saints fullback, Zach Line, and all that he is doing to promote 42 Strong, as well as Booth producer, Charlie Long. The Saints get a victory against the NFC West and the LA Rams, looking for two straight against the division against the San Francisco 49ers Sunday afternoon from Santa Clara, California. And we will look for you next week on the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.